Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, just so that you know, anybody in the back half of the room, I'm blinded by that light, so. Oh, there you are. Hey, there's something I really love about getting to come and do this, and it is that it was just entering, as I was entering into my senior year of college, when I met some Christians, they shared with me, and I began my pursuit of, is this the real deal? Is this the direction that my life should take? And I said yes. Most of you have said yes. Everybody in the room should say yes, because God will change your life. He will give you the help that you need. He'll give you the guidance that you need. He will make everything better. All of those things that you struggle with, he'll, he'll, he'll move you forward with all of that. So I love being here because I was once one of you at the same age when I committed my life to Christ. So I, I, love, I love this. So we are working through this uh, series, and Paul asked me, you know, next up was 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. So I have read 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10 multiple times, and as I got ready to teach and talk with you today, I could never get past verse 1. And so verse 1 is what I'm talking about. The rest of the verses talk about how you, uh, how you make mistakes, how you sin, how you can get forgiveness, how you can make right choices, how you can... It's all really, really cool stuff. Verse 1, though, says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. That is the verse that really sets the whole foundation in place for anything else that you want to talk about that has to do with God, Jesus, the Bible, the Holy Spirit. No matter what you want to talk about, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. So I want to talk with you about something that affects all of us. And in the midst of it, what I see is, is there is a desperate need regarding God's love to us, and there is a tremendous misunderstanding that people have. And so I want to talk with you about those things. We have a desperate need to be loved. Desperately, but, but even silently, inside of a lot of us, we are really screaming out inside of us, love me. We so desperately want to be loved. We want to experience love. Now, some of you may not want to admit that, but every one of us has this very, very deep need to be loved, to experience love, to be known, to be loved, to be celebrated. The misunderstanding that we have is how that desperate need should be met. There's a great misunderstanding here. Many of us don't fully understand love. We don't understand human love or God's love. We have this tremendous misunderstanding. Very few people seem to understand the depth of God's love. They might talk about it. Yeah, God loves me. God loves you. God loves everyone. It's like all of that just sort of flows over the surface. But there is a depth of God's love that actually goes deep inside of us 
and it changes us. It makes us different. We experience a life different. So as we're here, thinking about you being here, thinking about where I was at at this point in my life, we all come in at, at different stages of life. And I have three to highlight for you. Some of you are what could be called seekers. You have heard some truth. You want to know more truth. You want to find out, is this God thing real? Or is it just what this group of people do to, to hang out, have fun, and it makes them feel good? So that to me is, is the seeker, the person who is seeking out the truth. Some of you feel more like a struggler. You are struggling with your Christian life. You're struggling in your Christian faith. You feel weak and you think, you know, my problem is I don't think I love God enough. And that's why I struggle. And if you think that, I want to tell you, your problem is not that you don't think you love God enough. The problem is you don't understand how much God loves you. That's the one that would change all of life. That's where the real problem is. Some of you would say, I'm not a seeker. I'm not a struggler. I'm sold out. I'm totally committed. But what happens in my life is sometimes I lose, I lose sight of how much God loves me and I find myself going after getting my need to be loved met in these other ways. And I end up over there when I should be over here. So no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, my prayer for you tonight is that what you hear and what you experience tonight would not just be inspirational, but that it would be transformational. That you would not just be inspired by what you hear, excited about it, but that you would actually be transformed, changed by what you hear, by what you experience. One thing that would be really fun for me is if we got together later tonight and I could ask you a question. And my question would be, did you encounter God tonight? Did you encounter God? And when did you? And what was that like? What happened? See, my prayer is that you would encounter God here tonight so you could walk out of here changed, so that you could walk away and look back on another day and say, that was the night. That was the night I encountered God's love, and he changed me. And I am different. That night is when it happened. And I want that to happen for some of you tonight, that you would be changed. We have this desperate need to be loved, and we have this great misunderstanding about how to get that need met. So what's the answer? Well, the Bible boldly proclaims that there is only one love in the universe that could actually meet the need that we have to be loved. And that's God's love. You can try to meet your need in, in a lot of variety of ways. There's a lot of ways you could go after 
I want to get my need for love met, and so I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to experiment with this. I'm, there's all kinds of options for you, but there is nothing that could meet the need you have to be loved like God can. In Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. What he's saying is, is I have loved you with a love unlike any other love you can experience. Unlike any other love you could experience. Now, we have a lot of deep needs in our life. We all do. We all have this. It's almost as just we just at times we just ache because of the need that we have. And especially about love, being loved, being accepted, being valued. So your greatest need is to be loved so deeply that it changes everything about you. And it changes everything that you experience from this moment forward. Everything is different because you're not just inspired, you're transformed, you're changed. You're different. So because we so deeply want to be loved, the sadness is, is we are willing to do desperate things to try to get love. We will do things in an attempt to, to meet this need. We will pursue things in an attempt to meet this need. We do so many things. We, we do these things. And, and you know, part of the reality is we'll do these things and we will actually feel love in the moment, in the experience. But what we're really feeling is only a shadow of the love that God has for us and the love that he wants to pour into our lives, that he wants us to experience. So we do these things, but we get some satisfaction out of these things. But what we don't get is real, lasting, satisfying, fulfilling love. These pursuits just end up in a, in a temporary fix. It's good for the moment, but it doesn't last. Some of the ways I'm talking about, there's four of them here I want to give to you. One of those is performance. It's how we look for love. When we achieve or perform, there are people in our life that will say, man, look, look, look what he did. And we feel loved by that. Hey, hey, look what she did. And we like it. It makes us feel that sense of, I accomplished something. I did something. Another one is people. We get love and affirmation from people. Whether it is from our parents, our friends, our boyfriend, our girlfriend. We love that feeling of love that we feel from that person. We love it. We want it. We don't want to live without it. And we would be heartbroken without it. Another one is pity. Some people put themselves down so others will come along and say, oh, man, you're not that bad. Come on, you're not that bad. And they're, oh, well, you know, I did, I'm, I'm just so bad. No, you're not that bad. And that is actually a strategy to get love from someone. Because while this person is saying, you're not that bad, you're thinking, oh, I'm feeling loved. 
it's just, it's just one of those strategies. We get a bit of love and affirmation that way. Another one is physical affection. We think if someone would just hug me right now, I would feel loved. If I could just have sex, I would feel the love that I want to feel. The problem with these ways of getting love is they're all temporary. They're limited in meeting our deep need for love. And that leaves us with this insatiable thirst for more. We want more performance, more pity, more physical affection. The problem with these is that they cannot fully meet our need for love because they are limited by design. They can't really fulfill the love that you really want in life. That's where God's love is so different. With God's love, there is no difference. I mean, there is no, there is no limit. Now, many of you have heard how marvelous God's love is. But have you experienced it? Have you tasted it? You know, the Bible says, taste and see how good the Lord is. It's not about what you know, what you've heard. It's about what you've experienced and therefore what you know deep inside of you. Have you experienced God's love in your life? 1 John 4, 16 says, we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Real love is not found in those P words that I talked about. The Bible says real love is found in God, that God is love. What, what I'd like you to do right now, I don't want you to do this with your pen. I don't want you to make a mark. I don't want you to circle an item. I just want you to, as quickly as possible, look over those four words and Pick the one that is your default mode, the one that you go to the quickest, and just, just don't, don't make marks on your paper. Just think to yourself, yeah, that's, that's what I do right there. And just think that, hold that thought as we walk through the rest of this evening. When you pursue these things for love, what you have is a misunderstanding of how much God loves you and what his love would do for you. So how much does God love me? We're gonna to jump to Ephesians 3, 17, 18, and 19. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. In other words, I don't want your roots to just you know, skim over the surface. I want them to go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you be able to feel and understand how long, how wide, how deep, and how high is his love really is. And to experience this love for yourselves. These are four, there are four dimensions right here. You should circle these four words, wide, long, high, deep. These are the four dimensions of God's love. There are also the four dimensions of the cross that we could talk about later. These describe God's love to us. First up, God's love is wide enough to include everyone. 
The Lord is loving toward all he has made. That all is referring to he is loving toward everyone. No one is left out of God's love. His love is for everyone. His love is to everyone. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world. Again, that includes everyone in the world. You know, there's kind of some good news here and some interesting news. The good news is that God loves me. The interesting news is that he loves my enemies just as much as he loves me. And there was a time where I struggled with that. And I've learned, I've matured, I've grown, I've realized God's love is for everyone. It's for all of us. He loves all of us. Jesus loved the unlovely. And that's one of the things that got him in trouble with the religious fanatics. He was willing to love where they weren't. Everyone you meet this week, God loves them. And he loves them unconditionally. In the exact same way that he loves you. He loves you unconditionally. And when you walk by somebody else, he loves them unconditionally. And he wants you to know it. Understand it, feel it, experience it. And that person that you walk by, God wants that person to know it and feel it and experience it. One of the the secret to to self-esteem, we all struggle with self-esteem at different levels. The secret of self-esteem, if you want to feel good about yourself, if you want confidence, the key is realize how much God loves you, and you will start to gain confidence. You will start to, to, to find strength being renewed in you and built up in you. But you have to realize how much God loves you. Because God loves me, I don't have to prove my worth to anyone. That is so refreshing to me. I used to live my life at such a deep, insecure level that I was concerned about what anyone thought about me. It was a terrible way to live. It was miserable. I was always concerned. What is that person thinking about me? What does she think about me? Oh, oh man. It's miserable. I know a lot of you feel the same way. The way you overcome that is by... Embracing God's love, bringing it in, getting it deep into your roots and your roots growing deep into God's love. Jeremiah 31, 3, that I have loved you with an everlasting. I'm jumping ahead of myself. So that first thing is, is that God's love is wide enough to include everyone. Second thing is God's love is long enough to last forever. That's this verse. I have loved you with an everlasting love, a forever love. Psalm 89, 2, God's love will last for all time. And that is so different from our kind of love. It's so different from the love that we have experienced with other human beings. The thing is, is that human love wears out. 
Human love gets tired. That's why we have a lot of breakups. That's why a lot of people in their 20s and 30s and 40s experience a lot of divorce. It's because their love for each other has worn out. And they don't even like each other anymore. And there is so much heartache because all of a sudden, two people in a relationship and one of them says, I don't love you anymore. And the other person is heartbroken because they thought, you thought, our love was going to last forever. And it didn't. Because human love, it wears out. God's love is wide enough to include everyone. It's long enough to last forever. Fascinating thing about God's love is that God will never love you any more than he loves you right now. The other side of that is God will never love you any less than he loves you right now. God's love is full and it's for you. It's complete. It's unconditional. He loves you on your good days. He loves you on your bad days. He loves you before you get coffee in the morning. He loves you every moment. His love is not conditioned by your response because it's his love to you. It's God's love. It's unearned. It's undeserved. We simply need to accept it. Third thing is God's love is high enough to be everywhere. Romans 8, 39, neither height, uh, neither height, not depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There is no place that you could go that God is not there. He covers everywhere. He is who he is, and you will never be separated from God's love. There is no circumstance. There is no situation. Nothing can separate you because God's love is there, and his love is embracing you. His love is holding on to you. If you want to know the antidote for loneliness, this is it. You will never be separated from God's love. You will never be alone because God will always be with you. Fourth thing is that God's love is deep enough to meet my deepest needs. Psalm 40, verse 11, my only hope is your love. For my problems are too big for me to solve and are piled over my head. It just makes me, it makes me think I'm going under for the last time. My struggles are too big. My troubles are too big. Everything seems to crashing, be crashing in around me. See, the fact is, though, that God's love is not shallow. God's love is profound. God's love is deep. It's deeper than the depth that you could comprehend. It has this extreme depth. Some of you in this moment are experiencing some deep despair deep trouble, deep stress. You've got deep emotional problems, physical problems, financial problems. 
Whatever you're experiencing, God's love is deeper still. There were a couple of sisters years ago, Corey Timboon and Betsy Timboon. They were Christians who lived in the Netherlands. And, and during the war, when the Nazis were, were doing all of what they were doing to take over the world, what they were doing, uh, Corey and Betsy, is they were taking in the, the Jews and hiding them, keeping them safe. But one day, they got caught. Corey, Betsy, and the Jews were all taken to the concentration camp to live there. The duration of the war, they lived in that place. Gross atrocities happened to them and to others while they were there. They spent that, those years together. Uh, at one point, after seeing one thing after another, after having one experience after another, Corey said to Betsy, this place is the pit of hell. And Betsy said to her, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper. Corey lived through the experience. Her sister Betsy did not. Some of you in the last few weeks or in the last few days, you've hit bottom. You have somehow emotionally with your struggles, you have hit bottom. Maybe it was because of a relationship that didn't work out. Maybe it was because some health issues that have come up. Something has gotten into your life and it is frustrating you. And you have that thought, I am going under. I can't take this. What am I going to do? Well, the question is, is where is God when you're going under? Where is God when you hit bottom? This verse in Deuteronomy tells you, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath you are his everlasting arms. Underneath you. When you think you hit bottom, God's arm is under you, catching you, supporting you, lifting you back up. That's who he is. That's what he does. Learning of this love, knowing this love, experiencing this type of love, it is, it is amazing. There's nothing like it. Nothing. So how can you and I respond to a love like this? I want to give you two choices. Two ways. One is to receive God's love. You only experience love when someone else is generous with the love that they have and they give it to you. You don't get love apart from their generosity. And God generously gives us his love to each and every one of us. God is giving you the gift of his love. But like any gift, you have to receive it to experience it. Because if all you do is know about it, if all you do is look at it, if all you do is say, wow, that was amazing, wasn't it? That talk about God's love, God's love is so 
amazing. And you walk away. That's not what I'm praying for you to do tonight. I am praying that you would receive God's love and be transformed by it. To experience it in a way that you have never experienced love before. Because God's love, that's the real deal. But you have to receive it. In it, there is forgiveness, there is acceptance, there is love. Romans 5.8 says, God has shown us how much he loves us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. John 1.2, but all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. If you've never received God's love, man, why not? If you haven't, why not do it tonight? Why not make this the night? Like I made years ago when I was in college. I can point back to that night and say, that was the night that I accepted God's love. I received Jesus Christ into my life. And my life has forever been changed. After you receive God's love, the second thing we can do is reflect God's love to others. It's to give it to others, to share it, to be a reflection of it. And you should have an understanding that people are starving for love. In the exact same way that you are or have in the past, felt starved, wanting love. They need his love just as much as you do. And when you begin to understand God's love for you, when you begin to embrace God's love for you, you become able to reflect God's love to other people. Jesus, right before he was going to the cross, with only a few hours left, he pulled his closest friends together, and this is what he said to them. I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. What he was saying was, I have loved you. You be a reflection of my love to everyone else. So they could know and experience God's love for themselves. Let them see God's love in you. Choose to reflect God's love to others. You do that in what you say, and you do that in what you do. In your words and your actions, you reflect God's love. I'd like to pray with you right now. Father, I am grateful for your love, and I am ever changed by it. I pray that we in the room, I pray that we have a new understanding of your love, a new taste of it. I pray that we are transformed by your love for us. And I pray that we would be willing to be the, the agents of helping others to know what we know, to experience what we've experienced. I pray that in the name of your son, Jesus who proved his love for us. Amen. Let's go ahead and give it up for Gary.